Good morning. It is time to get up with Aaron. Wait until you hear what he said and, more importantly, did not say about his football future. It's on the way. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts, he's been brilliant, but he's got one challenge left to overcome. If he's going to fly, Eagles fly all the way to the Super Bowl, we'll tell you what it is. And then, oh, it should be a national holiday. Mel Kuyper's first mock draft. You won't believe what he says the Bears should do at number one overall. You will find out as we get up with you starting right now on a Wednesday. Delighted you were there. Delighted they are here. Let's go. Let's go. And the first lady, and we got uh, Dominique, and we got Chris Canty. We're ready to go. Aaron Rodgers had a lot of things to say, and quite candidly, I was transfixed. But we must begin with history being made last night. LeBron James, you know about one record he's closing in on. How about one that he set last night? Battle for L.A., Lakers and Clippers. Chris Canty, you're a Laker fan. LeBron not shooting the three well this year, but he hit it last night. Yeah, LeBron was on one, trying to prove a point that the Clippers are still little brother in L.A. Yeah, they would make that point. Here's Paul George, a little nice move in the lane. He would score 27. And then, oh, look, it's Kawhi Leonard. Oh, he would score 25 in this game, and the Clippers would lead by 23. None of that is the drama. The Clippers blew them out. Here's the moment. LeBron James, just take a look at this man at his age. Neat, come on. Yeah, at what age? He's ageless. Man's a robot. That gave him 41 points for the game last night, and as you continue to feast your eyes on LeBron being spectacular, I will tell you that with this game, LeBron James became the first player ever to score at least 40 points against all 30 teams. Mm. He would finish with 46 last night. He was spectacular. His team was not. Clippers win. LeBron, your thoughts? So over the last few years, just, you know, the last couple of years since we won a championship, just a lot of accomplishments have been ha- happening on a losing effort. You know, so um, it's been very kind of difficult to kind of even digest some of, some of my own accomplishments because I want to celebrate on, on, on losses. I understand the frustration. In the meantime, the really you, big one. Do is, you? Is, do you really? I, no, no. D. Wood is a Laker fan. You understand the frustration. He's Make, frustrated. You, you really trying to piss me off. <laughs> <early> <laughs> <in the morning. laughs> I'm, not, I'm doing nothing of the kind. Come on, bitch. Oh, nothing of the kind. LeBron is now 177 points away from the all-time scoring record held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He will do it sometime, we would imagine, in the next week and a half. Okay, now to the next order of business. Another superstar late in his career with decisions to make. The frozen tundra and another offseason of Aaron Rodgers' drama. So we were all listening yesterday as he goes on with Pat McAfee as usual, answering a variety of questions related to his future, whether it be in Green Bay or somewhere else. Give a listen. All the other, you know, ideas about, you know, trade and whatnot, that's all conjecture until um, I even decide uh, what I want to do moving forward for myself. And if they felt like it was in the best interest of the team to move forward, so be it, you know. That wouldn't offend me. That wouldn't, uh, you know, make me feel like a victim. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any animosity towards the team. I have a lot of love for what's going on in Green Bay. And I'd love to finish there. I would. And, and uh, I might have finished there. You know, who knows? But what's the old adage, you know, that people want to say, oh, the grass isn't always greener, yeah. you know, on the other side. And I always say, the grass is green where you water it. And I think that's the most important thing to remember. Uh, change is, is a part of this business. It's a part of life. And I think being open to it and embracing whatever that change looks like is an important part of coming to peace with whatever decision lies lies ahead of you. 
The thoughts of Aaron Rodgers always fascinating <laughs> as I turn to my re- First of all, someone get me water. I've got something to water outside. <laughs> uh, but, but what? what, what, what Kimberly, why? What is, what is the face? <laughs> I'm so tired because you're listening. It's what is he saying? What all that time? What was he saying? Do you want to play in Green Bay or not? That's all. Just let us know, and then rework the deal and come back to work. That is. Is it that hard? Is it that hard? It just sounds like a bunch of word salad. The grass is always greener. Yes, but they, what more does Green Bay have to say and do besides trading Jordan Love away to prove that we love you, we want you as our quarterback? Big fella? Uh, uh, make it make sense. Wait, wait, what? I, what I heard was that dude had one foot out the door. Uh, <laughs> had one foot out the door. Like, talking about the grass is greener and change is inevitable and Change is not a bad thing. Yep. That doesn't sound like a person with conviction that I want to go back to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, we're hearing the same thing. I think that it, the only way I can make sense of this is Aaron Rodgers is trying to exercise his leverage, and he wants them to believe that he is willing to go and he can, and he can push his way out because it, it seems like he's making it seem like it's up to them. But I think the way that everything has been set up since he kind of first got, since the Jordan Love draft pick came, is that he's taken all the power. So that's what's confusing to me. It's him like, well, maybe I'll be here, maybe I won't. I think to your point, what he's telling to them is, I'll be here as long as you do the things that I expect you to do, which includes paying my homeboys Mm -hmm. and bringing them back, which, like, I I honestly think that part is commendable, but he's not saying any of that. So I think I'm just adding all of this, like, meaning because I want it to make sense. But you're right. It kind of doesn't make sense the way he's delivering it. Yeah, Nick said the quiet part out loud. Aaron Rodgers is going to dictate how this goes. The contract stipulates that. I mean, Green Bay can want to trade him out of the conference to the AFC, but guess what? Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be amenable to that trade because they still owe him a $58.3 million option. So if Aaron Rodgers goes to them and says, I don't like any of the trade destinations, I'm going to stay here, what are the Green Bay Packers going to do? Yeah. And it's, listen, they could go ahead and trade him because he has a no trade clause, but then Aaron Rodgers could always tell the teams out there that I'm not going to play for you, I'm going to walk away. Now, we'll all sit back and say, you're not going to walk away from $60 million, bro. You're not going to walk away from that. That's what he's scheduled to make this year. But I think it's fascinating to look at it as a Green Bay decision when all reality is this is going to come down to Aaron Rodgers when he wants to make the decision where he wants to go. When he says the grass is greener where you water it, first of all, he thought that was the coldest line ever. And and, and no one really reacted the way he wanted to. But second of all, (laughs) does he mean that he needs to water the grass? Or the Packers aren't watering his grass enough. Like, I don't know. It seems like they've been doing the things that he wants to do. So I that's where it gets confusing to me. It's like, what more does he want? And why can't he just say it explicitly? Right. Like, I, I remember when he was coming. You remember he had – didn't he have a piece of paper at the at the um, press oh, conference? Yes. He was going yes. directly like, I want this. I want that. Like, I like that Aaron Rodgers. Give it to me yes. straight. Tell me which, where you want your grass watered and how you want it watered and what you're going to do if you don't get it done. I know uh, – listen – I know an AFC team that, that would love to water that Aaron Rodgers' grass. It's, it's real green over it's, there. Right? Oh, it's green. So green. It's, it's, so green. It's beautiful on this side right now. Listen, for me, it's like the Jets make so much sense. Oh, like, they really the do. Jets, the Jets, they, the Jets make – I'm going to tell you why the Jets make sense. Because all of their great players on rookie deals – they're all on rookie deals right now. They got a top five defense. They got weapons on young, ascending weapons on offense. 
What have, what have they okay. been missing? Okay. They've been missing the quarterback. Here's Damien just laid out Bishop. You know, I'm always <laughs> on your side. You know it. However, <laughs> you laid out all the reasons why it makes sense for the Jets to mm-hmm. want Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. If you're Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and you're coming from a situation that you have that you could literally dictate and manipulate over here, now you come to the AFC and you have to see Josh Allen, mm. you've got to see the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Like, okay. You, I think that I think the Jets could be a playoff team, but you also are dealing with a relatively young head coach and Robert Sala. Mm-hmm. Who's who's in charge then? Who's the OC? Is is Aaron Rodgers going to come to the Jets and say, okay, Salah, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Get Nathaniel Hackett in here or get this guy in here. This is what okay. we're doing. This Look, is what we're running. Okay. Can, first of all, can I have my rebuttal right now? <laughs> can I have my rebuttal? Got I, I was on. Listen, I've seen this play out before mm-hmm. with Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. When Brett Favre came, we basically scrapped everything. Scrapped everything. Changed it to his offense. The only thing that derailed us that year was Brett Favre's injury. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we was well on our way. So, am I under some illusion that that Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers come over there, he's not going to dictate some of the terms? Absolutely not. I know Aaron Rodgers is going to do that because he's a Hall of Fame player. I'm just laying out the, the, the pluses for the uh, for Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. You got one year. Because in the next offseason, you're not going to be shredded. That's all right. I'll, roll, I'll roll the dice on that. Aaron Rodgers at this particular moment is the definition of a year-by-year player. He, mm-hmm. he is sitting there telling you the first decision he is going to make is whether he wants to continue to right. play at all or not. Now, Chris, you're suggesting that he has 58 million reasons why he unquestionably will, and I tend to agree with yes. you. Yes. But he, the way he is telling it, look, look, the one thing I'll say, and maybe I'm just sort of listening to him differently now because yeah. I already consider him my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I think what he is is he's become startlingly honest. He's telling you everything he's thinking. So when you say it's words, you know, when you think something through, you have like a hundred different thoughts, and then you streamline them, and then you wind up saying four things. He's saying all of them. (laughs) So the first thing he's saying is, i got to decide if I want to play or not. Once I decide that, and I agree with you, he's going to play, if if only because of the money, then I'm going to decide, hey, is Green Bay the best place for me? Are they doing the things that I want? If not, then as D. Wood said, I'm up out of here. I actually don't think it's – he's saying a lot of words, but I don't think that that complicated. No, I don't think it's complicated either, but I think everything that he's done since they drafted Jordan Love is for him to control his football mortality. Right. To dictate the terms on how his career is going to end. Now, does he want it to end similarly to what we saw with Brett Favre, where you leave the Green Bay Packers and go to the New York Jets? I don't know. I'm not inside Aaron Rodgers' heads, but the thing that he's done the last couple of years is to avoid being in the situation that Brett Favre found himself in at the end of his time in Green Bay. Now, as far as the Jets being a good fit, I would agree with you guys. If you get Aaron Rodgers, you're talking about this team not only making the playoffs, but being able to go on a deep playoff run. But, Greeny, i got to ask the question, with what the Green Bay Packers are asking in compensation, is that the best route for the Jets when it comes to trading for a quarterback this offseason? Because yes. there's, a guy yes. in, there's another guy in Baltimore that might be able to be got. We don't know what's going to happen with that situation. But if you're talking about multiple draft picks for a guy that could walk away after 2023, that is a dicey proposition. Yeah, I think yeah. it's hard to get a quarterback. So I wouldn't, like, move away from either of those options. They need to put both of those options mm-hmm. on the table for both of those teams. And whoever calls back first, mm-hmm. the deal is done. <laughs> this has been the ultimate upgrade. We've been living with Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. Suddenly you're giving me the choice between Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. My day has just gotten a lot better than it was previously. By by the way, on the McAfee show, my guy, A.J. Hawk, my guy, coming in, coming through for him. He's making the pitch I asked him to make. Listen. Have you ever envisioned yourself 
in another uniform playing for another team? Has that ever crossed your mind? Is it blue? Too, with your eye. Oh, great color. Green. I mean, Greeny would really like the Jets to happen. He may, he may give you his bed if you go to New York. That's kind of strange. Like, you could take his penthouse. I mean, I'm sure he has like the 28th floor of the whole oh, thing. Because okay. oh. you said bed. Yeah. I don't think that was the wording that we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of strange. Anyway, it then turned into a whole soliloquy on waterbeds, which is very odd, <laughs> which parenthetically I had in college. But that's neither here nor there. The point of it is this. Uh, what can I do? I mean, I, I, I will be, I'm willing to do anything I want, but I appreciate my guy, A.J. Hawk, bringing it up. Put a ribbon world, on it. World leaders, obviously. <laughs> yeah, That's world leaders. That's what you need to do. No, it makes sense for the Jets. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm at this stage of my career, I want to go to the best situation possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if New York in this division, in the AFC, is where I want to be. Right, we have much more on him. Plus, we're going to go live to Green Bay. Our guy, Rob Domofsky, has been covering the Packers forever. He has been there for every snap of Aaron Rodgers' career. He will interpret what we've heard and tell you the likeliest outcome here. That's later in this hour. So is this. The biggest test of Jalen Hurts' career is on the way. Has he ever faced a defense this good? What will the challenge be, and is he ready for it? Plus, oh, Mel Kuyper Jr., his first mock is available. Would the Bears really draft a quarterback and trade Justin Fields? You'll find out as we roll on. It's Get Up on ESPN. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals delicious meat nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there each one ounce serving has six grams of protein giving you over 10 percent of your daily value wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go and you're on the go a lot taking the kids to school hopping from meeting to meeting shopping for groceries well the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. 
Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Get Up is brought to you by the new Hulu original docuseries, The 1619 Project, premiering tomorrow, January 26th, streaming only on Hulu. Uh, meanwhile, before we run off to other things, I just want you all to see the tattoo that I got. Hey, D. Wood, you'll like this. Um, you know, the, 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 we're gonna die. <laughs> oh my! Oh boy! Oh boy! What do you think? I actually like that Jets logo, though. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the best Jets logo, to be honest. Yeah, let's bring that back, D. Wood. I, yeah, I'm not a fan I, of what they got going on right yeah, now. Yeah, I actually agree. Yeah. I, I like that logo. You need a vacation on a beach somewhere. Is that a buttock? Is that what I'm seeing there? Is that the top of a buttock? Is that a buttock? A little, a little, a little pale cheek. Yeah. <laughs> Tasty buns. A little questionable there. All right. All right, now it's time for the game that is uh, spreading rapidly. Let's go. It's called Let's the go. Yes. Let's go. Let's go, Chris. Can Patrick Mahomes beat the Bengals with a bad ankle? Can he or can't he? I'm going to say he can, G. He was 10 of 15 in the second half of that game against the Jaguars. 110 passer rating. The thing about the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they've lost to Joe Burrow three times in the last calendar year. All of those losses by three points. They've had a touchdown lead in the second half of all of those games. If they can keep it close and rely on the running game, Patrick Mahomes can get it done at the end. Right, then how about the other quarterback? Can Joe Burrow overtake Mahomes as the best quarterback in the sport with a win? Can he or can't he? He can, and there's no doubt about it in my mind. If he wins this game on Sunday, then you're talking about Joe Burrow being the best quarterback and the best football player, Dan Orlovsky, in the National Football League. Beating Pat Mahomes, the best player in the sport, Four times four in the times. last two years, and three of those being in Kansas City, and two of them being in the conference championship game. Yeah, he's wearing the crown for the best quarterback in the game. All right, we're coming back to this from Dominique's face alone. Meanwhile, let's go to the NFC. Can Jalen Hurts lead a dynasty in Philadelphia? Can he or can't he? Yeah, he can. I mean, what? He's 15 and 1 as a starter with the Philadelphia Eagles this season. This guy is dynamic. Average 31 yards per touchdown pass, 31 yards per air yards per touchdown pass, and he had 67 first downs rushing the football. That's right behind Nick Chubb and your boy uh, Josh Jacobs, the two best running backs in football this season. So, yes, Jalen Hurts is a special, special talent. He can lead the Eagles to a dynasty. He's a slim favorite at home this weekend, just two and a half points. Eagles have been favored in all of their home games this year. No surprise, this is their shortest line at home all year. Actually, both games are within a field goal. I mean, it, it sets up to be the best championship weekend going in that we've had in a very long time, at least in terms of how evenly matched the teams would appear to be. So let's talk about the key to this game. We have a, a coordinating producer on the show. His name is John Fink, and he keeps asking. <laughs> he desperately wants someone to say that this challenge, the San Francisco defense, is the one that Jalen Hurts hasn't seen yet. Yeah. This is the test he hasn't passed, and until he does, he's not completely convinced. Is that reasonable? Is he ready for this? It's unreasonable to say that he's not convinced. We've had a whole season right. worth of Jalen Hurts convincing us. I understand that there's another tier for him to get to, and that's doing it in the biggest moment. But the divisional round, pretty big moment. He yeah. did it pretty well back then. And I think that he's going to have a good game. But there's a big the step up in class is of the course, point. San Francisco just made Dak Prescott look terrible. Oh, yeah, it was rough. Terrible. They made a lot of quarterbacks look bad this year. The, and this is a big step for him. I agree. You can't argue with that. Winning a divisional or, excuse me, a conference championship, winning a Super Bowl are big steps that he needs to take at some point. But he couldn't have taken them before this date. This is his first opportunity. And I believe in him in part because he's improved and also in part because the surroundings are incredible in um, Philadelphia. Kmart has this game for us for Countdown. I know you're covering it from the 49ers side, but how about that? That defense, Nick Bosa and company against the young star ascending superstar in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, no, I think Jalen Hurts has shown us 
that, that this moment isn't going to be too big for him. I will say, when people point out the 49ers team, like, they're 6-0 in their conference. Like, they, they play a much tougher schedule. And the Eagles facing the Giants, I'm not trying to knock the Giants, but it is a different level of competition. Uh-huh. I'm curious how this game will play out. I think it's going to be a lot closer than some people think, uh, just because these two teams are evenly matched. But Jalen Hurts, to, to, to have him have that sort of performance, especially with the shoulder, we've been talking about it for several weeks, for him to come out and look as dominant as he did, that gives me confidence. But it's going to be a tough task with these pass rushers. San Francisco 49ers haven't seen what the, what the Eagles going to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. That part. They haven't seen what the Eagles going to bring to the table. Because everything we talked about, when you just sat here and just, you know, basically gassing up the 49ers defense, and rightfully so, yeah, they are yeah. awesome. Yeah. But guess what? Philadelphia is awesome. Elite offensive line. Elite mm-hmm. tight end. Elite wide, elite wide receivers. Elite running back. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, a quarterback that's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, dual threat quarterbacks. We talk about we talk we can talk about the passing game, but I always talk about when you talk when you talk about running the football. Running the football is a numbers game. Can you account for Jalen Hurts in the running game? That to me is what's going to separate things in this game. See, this is the beauty of D Wood. So he has spun the question on its ear. Canty, is this a, this is this game to you a case of Hurts seeing a defense unlike any he's seen? Or the 49ers facing an attack and a quarterback, the kind of skills that he has, the dual threat and everything else, like any, unlike anything they've seen. Yeah, the latter part. It's the this second. is about the 49ers trying to find a way to contain Jalen Hurts. And I don't know that there's any good answers when you have a team that plays true 11-on-11 football. When your quarterback is the focal point of the running game, there is no good defense. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers really haven't had to deal with this all season. About the closest test that they had was week one in a monsoon against Justin Fields. Yeah. And Justin Fields is not nearly the accomplished passer downfield that Jalen Hurts is. So when you look at it, it's going to be tough for the 49ers to make Jalen Hurts one-dimensional in this ballgame, and therein lies the rub in terms of trying to hold this offense down. Only one, one defense was able to keep Jalen Hurts in the teens in scoring. That was the Indianapolis Colts. It was an off game. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles still had over 100 yards rushing. I, I Good really, luck trying to stop them. I like that take. So, so super quickly, Dominique, yeah. every defense goes into a game saying, we're going to take one thing away from them. If you're game planning for Philly, what's the one thing you're going in saying, no matter what, we can't let this beat us? <laughs> the problem. That's what they want you to do because they have to answer to everything. I think the quarterback run is the one thing you would take away, but the real challenge I think is also Jalen Hurts is such a good decision maker. And the RPO game against zone defense is a killer when the quarterback makes quick decisions and accurate passes. And Jalen Hurts has done that all season long. So Forcing the 49ers out of the zone that they like to play is going to be a challenge for that defense to overcome. We'll see if Hertz is able to overcome the 49er defense and convince Fink that he has genuinely arrived. <laughs> okay, that's an inside joke, but we love it. As we continue, 27 years and counting for the Cowboys. Will they ever get back to the Super Bowl? We'll tell you exactly what Jerry Jones should do right now. Plus the beautiful mystery. More on Aaron Rodgers. Do the Packers really want him back? We'll go live to Green Bay for the answer right after this. Get up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we're back on Get Up and back to our top story of the day in a lengthy visit with our friend Pat McAfee. Aaron Rodgers reflected on the state of his relationship with the Packers and how their decision to draft Jordan Love informed the last few years of his life. Here's Rodgers with more. I think it's more just living in the reality of, of what is. And what is is they drafted uh, my replacement. And if I didn't win two COVID MVPs, this conversation probably would have happened earlier. But in a year where I'm not going to win MVP, uh, it allows for all the different conjecture. Is Jordan ready? Is it time to move on? There's not sides here. It's not me against the Packers. You know, it never was me against the Packers. If they felt like it was in the best interest of the team to move forward, so be it. Again, that doesn't, that wouldn't offend me. When I talk about my future, I don't talk in any cryptic terms. You know, I'm pretty direct about how I feel, and I am taking time with my decision. And I am, you know, not, you know, egomaniacal in a sense, to think that, uh, you know, I should be able to play wherever I want as long as I want. That's endlessly fascinating. Now, here's the man who has covered Aaron Rodgers through his entire career and has been around the Packers forever, our own Rob Domofsky. So, Rob, you hear him talking as though the Packers will have a decision to make here. We understand there will be a lot of sides heard from. Based on the conversations you have had, what do we know about what the Packers would like to see go from here? Greeny, I started talking to people in the organization immediately after the season. Actually, it started long before that, but seriously, immediately after the season. And the sense I got is that they would welcome him back if he wanted to come back for another season, but they're not going to beg him to come back. And if he wants to move on and retire, then they are fine moving on to Jordan Love and that they think Jordan Love is ready. Now, if he wants to play and they still want to move on, that's where it becomes a lot more complicated. You guys have talked about all the trade possibilities. That is a situation that I think would take a lot longer to work out than either of the first two situations that I mentioned. The first two situations, I think they're resolved before free agency. A trade, that could take quite a bit longer. 
Yeah, obviously. And, and we also heard Rodgers, not in this conversation yesterday, but previously talking about things he would like to see happen, players he'd like to continue playing with, et cetera. How should we interpret that? Well, he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. That is for sure. His definition of a rebuild and theirs might be differently. He, uh, a week ago, he mentioned a handful of players. Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, uh, Robert Tunyon, David Bakhtiari, guys that he wants to play with. He said, Mercedes Lewis is a guy I want to finish my career with. The Randall Cobbs of the world, I want those guys back. A lot of those guys are at or near the end of their career. He seemed to back down from that yesterday on McAfee when he said, I'm not standing on the table demanding that those guys come back. So already there's a little bit of waffling about what exactly he wants. And, and obviously the similarities to the situation a generation ago with Brett Favre are overwhelming. They're, they're pretty much obvious to anyone who's paying attention, but you've been there that long. How is this situation different from that one? Well, the ultimate symmetry, Greeny, would be that they trade him to the Jets, your guys, just like they did with Favre in, in 2008. There's a, a difference, though, is, is this. There were years, Greeny, if you remember, where Favre didn't make his decision until much later in the offseason. I went back and looked. In 2006, he didn't decide what he wanted to do until April 25th. Rodgers has said he's not going to hold this team hostage. That means he's going to make a decision sometime before we get well before the draft and, and even before free agency last year, it was March 8th. So the one thing that I think is different is that this is going to be a much quicker resolution, uh, quicker than Favre and certainly quicker than 2021 when we had to wait till the eve of training camp to know whether Rodgers was going to be here or not. Yeah, those of us who remember the Favre to the Jets, that trade actually took place when the preseason had already begun. They were playing preseason games already. Domofsky, outstanding as always. This is going to keep you busy, and we will be checking in with you regularly for the very latest on Aaron Rodgers. Our next stop is Dallas, where the Cowboys coaches Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are both interviewing for vacant head coaching positions. Moore interviewed with the Panthers yesterday. Quinn will interview with the Cardinals today. And this, of course, brings up the possibility of upheaval in the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff without mentioning the name of Mike McCarthy. And we will remind everyone again, Jerry Jones canceled his usual radio interview yesterday. We don't know that that necessarily means we should be reading uh, into it that something significant is going on there. But one way or another, as you sit back, Chris Canty, and analyze the Cowboys coaching situation, what move do you think they should make? they got to fire the head coach. I mean, if you're not going to be able to move on from the quarterback, then what's your alternative? I don't think that this tandem, the head coach and the quarterback, are going to get Jerry Jones to where he wants to go. So the only option you have is to address the coaching staff because you know the quarterback is going to be there. If they cut Dak Prescott, he's gonna, it's going to be a $90 million dead cap. If they trade Dak Prescott, it's going to be a $60 million dead cap. So Dak is going to be your quarterback in 2023. In order to change the results on the field, you got to do something different. To me, that suggests that you need to move on from the head coach. Why are you making that face when he's making such sense? It's not such sense. Like the, uh, the, the you just keep doing the same thing over and over again and hope for a different result? Yes, sometimes yes. You can improve on what you've done. When you've built a foundation, just because you haven't won the Super Bowl every year doesn't mean you have to flip it all over. Like the idea that the Cowboys have failed or that Mike McCarthy has underachieved I think is kind of absurd. They should have won the playoff game last year. This year, they went up against a team that we all knew was better. They went on a road on a short week and lost a game to a team that we know is better. 
extrapolating from that that we need to fire the head coach or trade the quarterback or blow everything up to me seems like an overreaction that's just unnecessary. But, Dom, how much longer should Jerry Jones wait? How much more patient should he be with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott? Because this window with this current core players – it's starting to close now. Uh, agreed. It's but, starting to close. You're but, not going to be able to keep Michael Parsons and Trevon Diggs and C.D. Lamb and Zach Martin and all of these players together. Those guys are going to be in line for contracts the next couple of years, well, and that's they want top-of-the-market money. That's so what Jerry, are you going to that's do? That's where Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have to, have to continue to draft well. But the point that I'm making is just assuming that a change is going to improve things suggests that they're at the bottom. That's what you do when you're terrible. You're like, hey, can't get no worse than this. Knocking all the pieces off the table and starting all over. They are aren't bad. I understand that. at the top of the division either. But, but let me ask you a different question. If we look at the two teams that are playing this weekend, do we look at the Eagles and say to ourselves, boy, they have a spectacular young coach. He has done an unbelievable job there. Turned everything around. Look at the offense. San Francisco, we look at their coach. Boy, Kyle Shanahan, that is a brilliantly coached team. They can do anything. When we look at the Cowboys, do you feel that way? If you're, if you're owning that team right now, oh. do you think, boy, my team is coached as well as I can manage to get it? Well, I, I mean, I think you look at both of those teams, you look at the rosters, and you're more impressed with the rosters than anything. I think you're right about Kyle Shanahan and uh, and obviously they're they're doing a good job coaching there, but I'm not sure that we talk about we have to appreciate what Nick Sirianni has done, but I think people are more celebratory of what Howie Roseman has built in in Philadelphia more than Nick Sirianni. Let's take a step back. Mm. To Dominique's point, the rosters are not the same. Like That really is the issue. So when you're looking at the Eagles, when you're looking at the Bengals, like, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, when we started the season, was, was everybody saying the Cowboys are going to make the Super Bowl? Nope. Okay. So in, when Dak, it, was it week 18, everybody's like, oh, that's, that's the Dak. Or, or uh, the, the first round. Right, the playoff game Right. It was like, oh, that's the Dak we've been waiting to see. And now all of a sudden a week later, it's like, well, throw all this crap out the window. This is a horrible team. It's just yeah, like the, the, mm. the up and down roller coaster of it all. It just mm. needs to chill for a second. Don't, come, don't say uh, something mm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. D-Wood. Don't do it. Say something crazy. <laughs> don't do it. Say something crazy. Mm. I, think, I think watching the Dallas Cowboys, particularly in that divisional game, what it told me was that Dak is not the guy. He's not a force multiplier. He's Agreed. not the guy that can literally put a franchise on his shoulders and win it. He needs more parts around him. That's what I feel like. I that feel like he needs more. He needs more. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Connection. He, like, like, it's, to me, like, what? I don't view Dak and Joe Burrow the same. No, nope. like I don't. I, like I don't view them. I don't. I don't view them the same. I view them as Dak. He's a. You can you win a chip with Dak? With Dak? Yes. But you need more. This you need more pieces around him. Hold on, hold on. We got. We got to do this though. Hold on one second. This is We're a, sitting there saying that the Cowboys aren't a talented roster, or, no, or no, they're going. Saying, well, you're saying they're inferior they, from a talent they standpoint. Are. They to other are. Teams. I, I can't buy into that, man. Okay. Now we're, hold on, hold on. Let me let him talk. Point. Let him make his case. You're talking about a team that has a top five offense, a top five defense, a team that has Pro Bowl players on all three levels of their defense. They were tops in takeaways this year. You're talking about having an All Pro wide receiver, a thousand yard rusher, a franchise tag tight end, and a $40 million quarterback. I'm tired of the excuses as to why the Dallas Cowboys can't get it done. And we sit here and talk about Mike McCarthy and it's not his fault. Well, Mike McCarthy didn't handle the game management at the end of that San Francisco game in the divisional round, just like he didn't handle the game management at the end of the wild card round last year. At some point, we have to hold somebody accountable. You can't do it to the quarterback. Why wouldn't you do it to the head coach? 
you can hold them all accountable, but the idea that they haven't gotten better or that they can't continue to get better and that just anything, just fire them is better. The thing that, that really frustrates me is the idea that there is a quarterback out there that can do it alone. Like, it's a myth that we keep perpetuating yes. for whatever reason. You like, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl because he got surrounded by a great team. Oh, hold on. Um, so, so, same so thing you Burrow. Like, not, Burrow is surrounded by a great team. So, you say, so you say there's not levels to quarter, no, to the quarterback? No, I think there are levels to quarterback. Okay, but that's all just, I'm saying. We just saw Josh Allen the, get smashed, too, in a game. The Bills and nobody's out here talking about he's not a force multiplier. Like, it just seems unfair the way that we criticize Dak in the ways that we're not willing to do to other quarterbacks. The only point I make that's – Wait a minute. Did, did, I did I criticize Dak? You did. Did Every quarterback needs an offensive line. They need they weapons. Need like you can't be out there by yourself thinking you're going to win. Everything can't saw, be perfect no, if I'm paying we, you forty million dollars a we year. We saw Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl not have a good offensive line and running around, and the Tampa Bay Bucks beat them. Right? Like we've seen great quarterbacks falter in moments because of the situation around them. That's so true. Keep, but let's not pretend that he's doing it with less than everybody else's. We've yes. seen people do a lot more with a lot less than they did in Dallas this year. We're just talking about these teams still left, right? I, I, I just feel – it's just shocking to me that we want to fire everybody after they played a more talented team on a short week. <laughs> on the road, and we're like, oh, we got to blow it all up. No, they lost a game that they probably should have lost. Dak was terrible in that game, but they still lost a game that they probably should have lost. That's no reason to blow up the whole the whole team and get a new coach. I know, hold on, hold on, no, no, all I'm going to say is this. Real quick. Greeny, because I know you got to get out. Yeah. We need to come back to this. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Bishop. There you go, Bishop. There you go, Bishop. <laughs> I promise you we will. Oh, my goodness. You know, you're going to drag uh, me kicking and screaming into a Cowboys conversation? Okay. Uh, we got our first ever NBA Rivals Week at Wednesday doubleheader. Ben Simmons returns to Philly. His first game against Joel Embiid and James Harden. That's tonight. Then John Morant and the Grizzlies taking on Steph and the Warriors coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, it should be a national holiday. Mel Kuyper's first mock draft. Wait till you see what he has the Bears doing at number one. You will. Next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We're back on Get Up, and today should be a national holiday. It is Mel Kuyper Jr.'s first mock draft 
of the season. It is available right now for you on ESPN.com. He's got four quarterbacks going in the top ten, including, look at that, he has C.J. Stroud, the first one off the board, the quarterback from Ohio State who played so well in that loss to Georgia in the semifinal, then Bryce Young, then Will Levis, and he has Anthony Richardson in the top ten. Those are all the things to be watching as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, and you see the rest of the order on the screen. And there he is, the man who invented the draft. Mel Kuyper is with us here. So, Mel, because I do this with you, I mean, I've been looking at absolutely everyone's work here. You're the first person I've seen that has C.J. Stroud, the first of the quarterbacks, coming off the board. Why? Well, it changed up a bit. You talk to 12 teams, you get maybe a, a ton of different opinions. You know, you can't get a consensus, Greeny. And I think when you look at it, who was the most consistent over the last two years? Granted, he had a lot of help around him. It was pitching, catching a lot of games. But it, when it wasn't pitching, catch, the Georgia game, as you mentioned, Greeny, he showed with his legs what he could do, how he could see the field when he was flushed out of the pocket, his consistency from game to game. Now, the Northwestern game, the wind, the rain, throw that out. But I think the fact of the matter is his size, the way he throws accurately to all levels. That Georgia game in particular stood out the way he could move around and beat the defense with his legs when he needed to. Uh, C.J. Stroud could end up being the first quarterback off the board. Certainly in Mach 1.0, I want to shake it up a bit. If you got three that are equal, you get all these opinions, I put Stroud as the top quarterback coming off the board. Yeah, because you've got three guys. you got him and you've got Will Levis. And then let's get to Bryce Young because uh, Bryce Young, obviously, everyone knows him, obviously, from Alabama and the Heisman and everything else. But the size is really the question here. How do teams view their concerns about the fact that he's, he's just much smaller than your prototypical NFL quarterback? Greeny, he's going to have to be an outlier, bottom line. I mean, I talked to a lot of teams. They say, we love Bryce Young. We wish he was, you know, forget the, the height. The height doesn't matter. It's the 185, 190, the weight. Can he withstand punishment at the pro level? We've never had this in the top part of the first round. A quarterback, what, 5'10 to 5'11, 190 pounds. A great quarterback, phenomenal. He does everything you want. Now, he doesn't have the big-time arm. He doesn't have the four-five speed. But Bryce Young would be, I think, the number one pick overall Maybe even to the Chicago Bears, even though they have Justin Fields, if he were bigger. Bryce Young's size is a huge factor working against him. I mean, I, he weighs what I weigh. And, and I'm sitting next to Chris Canty, whose job it was once upon a time to run after quarterbacks and hit them. And I, let's put it this way. If Chris Canty hit me, I would stay hit. <laughs> so I, I don't feel real good about that. Uh, you just mentioned the Bears and Fields. And you've heard, you know, people suggesting, wondering aloud, do they consider restarting their clock from a contract standpoint, trade away Fields and take a quarterback number one? What are your thoughts? I would not. I'm a big Justin Fields guy. I was when he came out. I have number two to Trevor Lawrence in that draft on the ratings board. Tre Justin Fields made a lot of progress. We saw what he could do as a multi-dimensional quarterback, that dual-threat quarterback. Help him out, though. You know, like Kimberly was talking about, hey, help the quarterback. Well, get him some weapons. The O-line, keep developing that. And get a D-lineman to help that defense. That can help the quarterback as well. Their defensive line is a big problem. Jalen Carter is a disruptor along the interior. That's what quarterbacks hate. Will Anderson Jr., Alabama, was not as dominant this year as he was in 2021. He doesn't have the bend off the edge of a Miles Garrett or a Von Miller. That's why I went with Jalen Carter, number one. The quarterbacks, Greeny, are all mysteries. We don't know. I think Will Levis is QB1. That's me. Others disagree. But I think at the end of the day, you take the quarterback you know, you've seen at the pro level develop. Why would you go away from Justin Fields to take quarterbacks who are all coming into the NFL without a consensus as to who the number one quarterback really is?
Yeah, I, I see it the same way you do. We'll see what Chicago decides to do. And Mel, I will see you along the way as we get ready for Kansas City at the end of April. Again, Mel's Mach 1.0 available right now. Meanwhile, on ESPN Plus available right now, our Jeremy Fowler released a piece in which he polled NFL executives and he asked them to make a variety of bold predictions about various quarterbacks and where they may wind up. So we go from the rookies who are, we don't know anything about them, to these guys, we know everything about them. And look at these predictions. They're <laughs> predicting Tom Brady as a Raider, Lamar Jackson as a Falcon, Derek Carr as a Texan, Aaron Rodgers as a Colt, I'll pretend I didn't see that one. Uh, and, and let me circle back, D. Wood. I, I'm looking. Look at D. Wood. Just look at D. D, D, D well, look. Are, are you staring at the Lamar one? What are you staring at? Yeah, I'm, I'm zeroed in on that Lamar one. It's like I can't even imagine a world with, with Lamar Jackson out of Baltimore and going to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Like, how, how many times have we talked about Lamar is the system when it comes to Baltimore? And would you be with the would the Baltimore Ravens be willing to deal away the system yeah. I, to another team? Like it, it's, I mean, it's I, just crazy. To be fair, they, they were asking for bold predictions, so it's not that they're saying it's likely, but I do think it's possible, and I think it's possible because it's not about Lamar and the Ravens. It's about continuing the precedent that was set by Deshaun Watson. So I think it's ridiculous for them to blow up their team because they don't want to pay Lamar $1 more than the last guy. But I think that it's not as ridiculous if the entire league is behind Steve Bashotti. Like, you better not do that again. <laughs> you better not. Because if you if you capitulate, then every other quarterback from this point forward is going to be like, they did it for Lamar. They did it for Deshaun Watson. As you better do it for me. As and they, they should. should. As they should. So what do you think? I mean, do, do you, look, I see an easy way why this happens. I, I, right. To, to the, point the point you point just made. Is like, that's what makes he, wants, he, he wants what he wants. They're not going to give him what he wants. And in the end, he's not going to play on the franchise tag so I believe there's a really good oh, chance he winds up somewhere else no I just think that do I do I see something could that could I see something like that happening absolutely because what you just said I'm just saying like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore is just it's jarring yeah, yeah it's, it's jarring yeah. to see it's it. like yeah. peanut butter and jelly they just go together it's jarring to see the idea of him going somewhere but else but also, I think it's very real well we just saw Russell Wilson go to the Denver Broncos we saw Tom Brady go to the Bucks like it's not out of the realm of possibility especially right. now that we're talking about Aaron Rodgers potentially who knows whatever he wants to do <laughs> going somewhere else the shame of it is is that every in my mind every quarterback should be doing what Lamar is doing mm -hmm. because the system will never change until all these guys we got Joe Burrow we got Justin Herbert like all these guys coming up they deserve to get this kind of money and if you were in that position, you would say 230 is my start and is my is my offer. You yeah, know, that's what any, that's what I'm going for. If there's any position that can do it, it that's is the quarterbacks a, right. because they're closer to ownership than they are the other 52 guys in the locker room. And the thing I'll say about Lamar in Atlanta, something about that just feels right. Something about this black quarterback. And the other part about this is this. We can't discount how Lamar feels about how Eric DaCosta has handled this. Eric DaCosta negotiated like he Nino Brown from New Jack City, <laughs> saying it's, it's not personal, it's just business, B. But Lamar Jackson clearly is taking this very personal if you look at it on his social well, media that, tweets. Yeah. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it just feels like even if Baltimore comes to the table with the money that Lamar is looking for, he might have already made his decision about yeah, wanting to get out of Baltimore. Because it's always business. I, I have to leave this here for a minute, but let me just check with D. Wood. Can we come back to this? <laughs>
I'm coming back to this. Okay, but, 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 I just want to make sure. But no. not before Dallas. No, no, not Dallas. Dallas. Right. Yeah, yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. We got more to say on all of it. But wait, are you aware of history being made right before your eyes? The Boston Bruins are having the best season in the history of the National Hockey League. And David Pasternak is one of the big reasons why. Six minutes to go, they're facing the Canadiens. Pasternak in front. Taylor Hall, right place, right time. Game is tied at one. We're now we're midway through the third. Same score. Pasternak, Rister, David Krejci there for the goal. Bruins a 2-1 lead. Pasternak had a goal and three assists. A minute and a half later, it's Kirby Dock for Montreal. Just that quickly, they tie it at two apiece. Three minutes to go, still tied. Patrice Bergeron going to untie it, and it's going to stay that way. On the rebound, Bruins win again 4-2. That's their sixth straight win. Listen to this. They're on pace to win 66 games, which would break the previous record by four. They're on pace to break the single-season points record, which has been held for 45 years. You can continue to see their historic run tomorrow on ESPN Plus when they play Tampa Bay. All right, as we continue, we will get up with A-Ron. Wait until you hear what he said and, more importantly, did not say about his football future. We've got a lot to say next. 